are listening to the LC and Jack Radio Show, live from New York. And now, here are your hosts, LC and Jack. Welcome to the LC and Jack Radio Show with your man LC holding it down. Give us a shout here in the studio. You can reach us directly at area code 347-843-4738, the LC and Jack Radio Show. Well, before we get into it, I'd like to first give a humble um, prayers out to those families that have lost uh, loved ones. Uh, I'm talking specifically about the Carnival Costa Concordia. I believe currently 11 people have tragically lost their lives. So we'd like to again give give uh, you know give out our, our prayers. Their families have lost their lives out there. So um, second, I'd like to also wish a true legend uh, a birthday. Big up, and that's to Muhammad Ali. And you know what? The man is um, still ever present in America today, worldwide, not even just America. He is well known and well respected. So, like to wish him a happy birthday. And I know currently he is not doing well. So our prayers go out to him and his family. And you know, would like to. Wish him a speedy recovery. Third, I'd like to talk a little bit about that NFL weekend. What a weekend. Phenomenal. Just, I mean, if you're into sports in general, you could not help to watch that San Fran-New Orleans football game. You talk talk about excitement. Unbelievable. But we'll get into that um, in a few minutes with our special guest. I'd like to uh, let you know that our show this evening is being brought to you by State Farm Insurance for auto, home, life, renters, and health insurance. Go to State Farm. Check them out. Get a quote. You'll find it pretty competitive. So go go to statefarm.com. Also, if you're looking to um, promote or advertise your business, hit us up. Be more than happy to put a package together for you, whether it be on our webpage, LC and Jack radio page, or put it right on live on the airwaves like we're doing right now. Hit us up. You can hit us up in the office at 631 664 4452. You can even drop us an email at LC and Jack at gmail.com. Well, I want to get right into our guest. Uh, there's no reason to belabor the point. Our guest this evening is a former New York Jets cornerback and defensive captain. He was selected to the all-time Jets team as one of the top three corner 
and uh, cornerback specifically, in New York Jets his- history. We'd like to give a warm welcome to the Elsie and Jack radio show, Mr. Bobby Jackson. Hello, Bobby. How are you? I'm doing fine. And you? Oh, I'm good, man. A little crazy, a little technical difficulty. So uh, thanks for kind of hanging in with me on the show. We're usually uh, a little bit earlier, but uh, we got it rolling now. And my partner is all screwed up, so he's he's not even in the lab yet. So, uh, again, thanks for uh, hanging in there with us and joining us for a few minutes to talk a little bit uh, about uh, NFL playoff football. Not a problem. Uh, it's my pleasure to be a guest on your show. Thanks a lot. Well, first of all, um, I guess before we get into it, there's been um, you being a former player, uh, there's, there's going to be a lot of coaching changes um, and they're in the midst of them right now. Uh, I think uh, uh, right now Indianapolis actually has an opening. They fired their coach, which I don't understand. I mean, the man <laughs> had one rough year out of three, and he's um, he's no longer the coach. But I guess that's more because upstairs was um, cleaned out, so to speak. How difficult is it for the players to kind of adjust to that situation? Is it? pretty seamless for him, or you being a former football player? Well, it's not uh, seamless. Um, obviously, it's a business, and they expect things like this to happen, mm-hmm. uh, even with the changing of players uh, due to lack of performance or whatever. And I went through it in 82 after we uh, made it to the AFC Championship game and lost to the Miami Dolphins 14 nothing. and our head coach was fired uh, a few days after that. Mm-hmm. I remember something that happened on the plane, and, and so it's 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 expected in the business. Uh, however, uh, you, you don't get used to it. There's no security in the uh, professional sports. Okay, okay. So, so it is an adjustment period, and and it, and some players obviously adapt to it better than others. What what's your take? And uh, we're gonna get into your team briefly. I don't know how much time you have, Bobby. I, like I said, I appreciate a couple minutes, but. Uh, you play cornerback. I guess we'll go right at it. You're, what do you think about Darrell Revis? He's playing your position, which, which, you know, his technique. What, what do you think he is on the top of his game? Well, first of all, I, I would, I would want to say that I'm glad I'm not playing <laughs> in this day and age because <laughs> Why? it's almost like powder puff football. Uh, I would be flagged uh, probably every play <laughs> if I made a tackle today. <laughs> And uh, so it, 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 it's, it's very difficult, number one, for a cornerback to play in today's with today's rules. It protects the quarterbacks, uh, mm-hmm. hitting a defensive receiver, which I'm still trying to figure out what that is. Uh, <laughs> you know, when a guy's going across the middle to go up and catch a ball, and I'm supposed to let him catch it, I guess. And then, uh, okay, you make you ready, and then hit him cleanly and bring him down. It's ridiculous, uh, some of the rules. But getting back to Darrell Rivas, uh, what really makes him – uh, I think one of the be- well, the best uh, man-to-man coverage defensive back in the game today is he's he, number one. He has great fundamentals. Uh, he's a, he's a great athlete. He has the right size. He, he's not too big. He's not too small. He's extremely strong. Mm-hmm. And one thing I notice, he's never he's usually never out of position, and that's what re- makes him a great player. He, he's fundamentally sound, and that's where it starts. But how do you not get out of position, though? I mean. I mean, it's easier said than done, right? I mean, he's one of the top guys, but what, I mean, how, is it, 
and I know you do, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit before we go, uh, what you're doing and um, as far as the different um, things you have going in your life, per, you know, currently. But is there a certain technique or a certain um, something he's doing that the rest of the NFL cornerbacks aren't? I mean, it's only really a top three guys that I know that's really out there on the top of their game. Well, I mean, he, like I said, he, he there's just basic fundamentals. Number one, you have to have the right uh, temperament to play the position, meaning that you have to have a short memory right? Uh, because you're going to get beat. I mean, like I said, the rules out there, I, when I came into the league in, in 78 was the first year they had the five-yard bump rule. You couldn't touch a receiver after five yards. So it, it changed the type of defensive back that you drafted. They they, they stopped being – they would stop uh, – they were going away from defensive backs who were, you know, extremely big and physical because no, you can no longer mug a guy. For instance, like a Mel Blunt. Mel Blunt was a uh, atypical defensive back, about six three, mm-hmm. uh, two hundred and so, so pounds, and very aggressive. And uh, you could bump a receiver all over the field as long as that ball was not thrown. Well, when I that changed all of that, and now you need a more smaller, quicker, agile type of guy and mm-hmm. so the Daryl Green of the world became very very um, valuable in the first round a guy who's 5'8 world class sprinter could, could change the direction had great feet mm-hmm. uh, what, what, one thing that I noticed with Darrell and what makes him such a great corner is that when he gets in his press technique or in the bump and run as they call it you have to learn to press with your feet and not your hands meaning that some you see some guys like his counterpart. He's out of position. He never really gets a clean jam. Use on a receiver and holds him up at the line because he's not moving his feet. They will reach across their body and get caught out of position. With mm-hmm. Darrell, you see he stays within himself. He positions himself in front of the receiver and he stops. He impedes his progress upfield. And so it doesn't matter how fast you are. If you can't get away from him, he neutralizes that speed. And that's what's so great about him. Yeah, yeah, I, I did. Yeah, I kind of understand what you're saying. Seeing, I think one day they actually did a lot of um, kind of different cutouts and um, on video on some of his technique. And it seems like you know, like you said, body movement of you know the way his feet, you know, positioning. And it's pretty pretty incredible seeing somebody doing it. And he's not super tall, so mm-hmm. a lot of these guys now, as you know, um, are very tall receivers. Mm-hmm. So for him to do what he does against guys that are very tall, you got to give him got to give him some credit. Absolutely, and you and you also, Larry, you'll see guys, cornerbacks particularly, getting caught for uh, not playing the ball. In other words, when, once that receiver gets upfield and, and opens up and gets into his, his his rhythm or his speed, the defensive back sometimes will panic and not look back to the ball, and they'll face due to something called face guarding. Well, there's a clock that has to go off in your head that you have to turn your head and find the ball, mm-hmm. gather yourself, and be athletic and go up to that and get that ball at the highest point. And Darrell does a great job with that. He may not be very tall. He's maybe six feet, uh, a little over, but he has tremendous leaping ability. And, and that's the thing that uh, that's, under, that's understated when it comes down to uh, defensive backs. They're probably the best athletes on the field. Mm-hmm. And, and like yourself. I mean, for – our new timers that listen to the show, and we have a lot of them there, Bobby. Uh, Bobby had over 21 interceptions as a cornerback for the New York Jets. So a man knows what it is. And you ran back, I think, a couple, too, if I'm not mistaken, for TD. So big up to uh, to you, Bobby, for being a, a man on your game and 
and doing your thing. Yeah, and I, I appreciate the, the quarterbacks uh, complying and helping me out a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and I also, I also probably had about 21 drops as well. So, <laughs> well, that's being expected. You're not supposed to catch him, man. The other guy's supposed to catch him. Yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> Your job is to bat it down. That's what you taught first, and then, you know, second, if you, if you can catch it, you know, that's that's your job from there. So, well, well I want to say want to say this real quick, uh, Larry. That I don't get a chance to say it is. Go ahead. Number one, you have you have what they call cover corners, right? And then you have what I call a complete corner, and that's what Darrell Revis is, mm-hmm. and that's that's what I believe I was, and I had guys like Wesley Walker. Mm-hmm. One of the greatest receivers ever to play the game, in my opinion, that yeah. taught me a lot. And uh, I, I owe a lot of my success to people like him. him the Altoon, that one year I played with him, and also Derek Gaffney, who was a great uh, moves guy, that taught me everything I need to know to play the position. How do you think, uh, and then we'll move along, but i, I got to ask this. Uh, Wesley Walker, for those that don't know, was a receiver for the Jets, and he was blind in one eye. Uh, yeah. So he did a lot of this. Just one eye. Um, how would you think he would fare in today's receiver? Oh, I think he would. He would with the rules. Uh, you can't really touch receivers. Mm-hmm. I think he would excel even more today. I mean, he was in that era a little bit when they were, they were very physical corners. Uh, he played against Mike Haynes, Lester Hayes, mm-hmm. two of the best to ever play the game. And and still, with being legally blind in one eye, he still had seventy-seven touchdown catches in his career. In a time that he never caught, I think more than fifty plus passes in a season. Wow! So he he averaged over twenty five yards a catch, uh, something that I think maybe still a record or close to a record or even just broken. But even in college, he had that same average, and, and he was one of the most explosive receivers I've ever seen. And uh, like today, he he would he would catch a hundred passes easy. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a lot of these young kids today don't realize that. I had a chance to watch Wesley and yourself, dynamic players. And um, I, sure, I wish you all were around now besides that so you guys can get some of this money that, that these guys are making. These guys are making unbelievable money, man. And you guys paved the way for them. Well, uh, not, on, not only us, uh, obviously the pre-59 guys who played uh, before us, who had to get jobs in the off season, really play, paved the way for everybody. And mm-hmm. we we actually went through obviously two uh, strikes: one where we were locked out, one where you know some guys crossed the picket line. But due to you know sacrifices like uh, Freeman McNeil, the what they call the Freeman McNeil rule, really opened the door for free agency. And these absorbent salaries that you see today is due to a guy like Fre- Freeman putting his name. Uh, to this to this uh, rule, and, and you see multi-millionaires. I mean, you see guys getting signing bonuses for more than I played for nine years. So uh, oh, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not hating on them. You know, just, just understand that you didn't, you're not getting paid just because you're a great athlete. You're getting paid because of the sacrifices of others that went before you. That's right. That's right. And hopefully, uh, and you included in this statement, that a lot of the players, like you said, that the NFL was built on, and 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 you are able to um, get some type of restitution. I know that I don't know if in the new contract, but basically a lot of the older players were not getting a lot of the benefits. The money just wasn't put aside for the uh, for the older players that the NFL was built on. And I know they were trying to get some some assistance from the NFL to hey to, to do the right thing to take care of those players that. Uh, 
fortunately, unfortunately, now just just don't have the, the you know the the financial resources for all the medical bills that they've accumulated over the years. So I'm hoping. Um, I know this was a big topic last year during the Super Bowl. I heard several interviews. Um, I'm hoping this past NFL contract that was addressed. So you know it's the, those players somehow you know will be taken care of because I mean the NFL makes billions of dollars. You can't tell me that they can't put away some money, mm-hmm. so I, I set aside money for veteran players. That, that's true, and, and the uh, the improvements that were somewhat made through this last work stoppage was, uh, I would say, minimal at best. I mean, some mm-hmm. guys, you know, I mean, the guys who really helped the most are obviously the guys who played way before me that are still alive that were getting, you know, $200 a month or whatever it is for reti- for the retirement benefits, which is ridiculous, uh, they were upgraded somewhat to a, a, a minimum of $600 a, a month. Are you kidding me, Bobby? $200 a month? You can't it's even something live like on that. Something like that. Yeah, exactly. And and these guys, you know, were obviously played in the era where concussions, these, as soon as the guy gets dinged down, you, you got the, they got to be clear to play and now I mean back then it was like okay wave two fingers in your face how many you see you're okay just got your bell rung going out there and and you had so many guys who have uh, brain damage I was out with Tony Dorsett out in LA and he he's definitely uh, has some some structural damage from all the concussions he incurred during his career so it's still though I mean though it was a little uh, some improvements made with the work stoppage there are still a lot of guys. As a matter of fact, we, the, the money that was awarded back in August, Larry, right. it still has not made its way to the players. So we still haven't gotten that, that increase yet. And they're, you know, for whatever reason, they're saying, you know, so many requests for it, blah, blah, blah. It just hasn't been uh, doled out to the people who've earned it. And I'm sure at the same time that they're gaining, accruing a lot of interest on that money mm-hmm. that they have in the bank somewhere. Oh, that should be paid to these guys who need it right now. So, oh yeah, I mean, I will not travesty some of the things that are being done. Yeah, well, I'm gonna definitely. I'd love to interview some of these other players out there. So, I want to be out there to try to do what I can to expose it. And like I said, I I wasn't aware of the issues until I think it was the last Super Bowl, and um, I can't remember the gentleman's name, but he played on the Green Bay Packers way back, like you said, uh, in the 50s. Mm-hmm. And he he talked about his personal situation, and you know I, I felt for that brother. That well, uh, you know, I, not to cut you off, but it sure. brings me to mind of one of my contemporaries. I came out in the year that uh, Earl Campbell, mm-hmm. James Lofton, and, and Doug William were rookies. We were all rookies the same year, and, and to see the condition of Earl Campbell, who was one of the greatest players yeah. ever to play this game at running back, and also a Hall of Famer. Yes. Uh, the guy, he's in such bad shape now that I mean he can't probably can't hardly dress himself. I remember seeing this documentary a lot of years ago called Disposable Heroes, and they had um, I think it was a player from uh, the Raiders. Oh, it was Jim Otto. Yeah. He's, he's a Hall of Fame center. It took him an hour to just wow. get dressed every day. Wow. And he was obviously he was a very successful businessman. He owned a lot of fast food restaurants, but the toll that it took on his body, uh, it, you just can't account for. It. I don't care how much money you have if you physically can't enjoy it. And you and, and you notice that how many football players 
are dying, you know, at very early ages, before the age of 60. Mm-hmm. Um, you see you, every day you, uh, see, uh, some, you read in the play, paper about some player dying because, you know, at an early age, 50 and 40s. And I'm like shocked that I'm blessed to be 55. I just turned 55 in December. So, you know, so thank you. And it's just, uh, you know, just it has to do with really the, the how violent the game is. And I can see why they want to tone down some of the violence. However, football is football. That's what it is. And don't really act like you care about the players when you're really not compensating us on the other end and you got a ready-made market ready for you. It's called college football. you got guys who are ready to take out jobs every year. So they're not really concerned about the health of, of, of the players because if they were, all these fines that they're doling out, they would take yep. some of that fine money and give it to some of these guys who really need it. I agree with you on that. And what we're going to do, Bob, we're definitely going to have another show that's dedicated, and maybe I can even get some other um, uh, former players like yourself on, and we're going to have a forum and, and dig into it, because we could, we could talk hours about this. Absolutely. I mean, you know, but I, I know but, uh, the fans want to talk about talk yep. about what's going to happen. We want to talk about no, that. So let's, let's get on that. Yeah, we're, let's <laughs> get into it. What was your take? Um, we'll go right to the really exciting game. You know, uh, mm-hmm. We'll put the Giants aside. The San Fran-New uh, Orleans game. What did you think about that game? Oh, uh, it, it was probably the most exciting game, you know, of the weekend. Uh, and, you know, basically I think Alex, uh, the quarter, I can't think of his name. Before Alex now. Smith. Alex Smith played really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he And he, he he played within himself. I think uh, they, they had just enough of a running game with, with Frank Gore. Uh, but their defense is tremendous. Uh, I think they probably have one of the most aggressive Defensive, I've seen in a long time, and I saw some hits there where guys, when they were hit, they were knocked out on their feet. They coughed up the ball. So the defense had a, a tremendous part to do with, with that victory, and it was just, uh, uh, I think, appropriate that the tight end Vernon Davis caught that pass at the end because he was called out by the previous coach, and rightfully so, for something he did. But he, he made up for it, and now his team is on the way to the uh, NFC Championship game. Yeah, it was pretty. Did you think it was, you know, and I, and I saw saw the game, and I thought the defense did play well. But did you think that uh, New Orleans just the turnovers killed them? Yeah, yeah, the turnovers killed them. But you know, the, those turnovers were caused. <laughs> and yeah, you know, uh, that hit that first one down when they were going to score was uh, I can't remember who hit hit the player. Was I think it was the safety hit that back, and when he hit him, you saw he he went limp and he dropped it, but he was out on his feet right there. So those those turnovers were caused. Uh, with Drew Brees, his thing is he throws on rhythm. He has great receivers. Uh, however, if you can disrupt, um, you know, make him feel uncomfortable in the pocket, it kind of throws off your timing, and that's what happened there. They, and plus, uh, I think the, uh, the the 49ers have had two all-pro safety uh, defensive backs in their secondary, and mm-hmm. a great linebacker who was also an all-pro, and they have a great – uh, workman-like pass rush. One of the guys, I can't remember his name is, but he was tremendous uh, with his pressure. Uh, one of the defensive ends uh, getting back. As a matter of fact, I remember him pushing the, the uh, tackle back in the backfield and reaching over him and sacking the quarterback at the same time. So that helps, uh, you know, uh, attribute to those turnovers. Yeah, I, I was like, wow. I mean, it's, I didn't think that uh, San Fran would be able to score that many points to – to win the game. I mean, when they scored, I guess, uh, their last touchdown on uh, New Orleans, I figured, mm-hmm. okay, it was a wrap. 
But uh, San Fran proved proved me wrong. Yeah. They well, that's, so that's why they play the game. That's right. <laughs> as they say. <laughs> that's why they play the game. And, and in football, I was talking to um, uh, a friend of mine today, and I, I told him, I said, listen, in football, it's one game. So not necessarily the best team wins. So it's the best team that wins on the best team on that day, mm-hmm. you know, which I believe, you know, but that's what counts. You know, it's uh, the only didn't uh, play a sharper game, but uh, right. and that, you know, that's, that's, a, that's how it works. In football. That's a great. That's a great point. When we lost fourteen nothing to the uh, Miami Dolphins in eighty in the eighty three AFC Championship game, mm-hmm. although the conditions were horrendous and all of that, and it led to a tarp, or the tarp rule that a field should be covered before right. a game. They played on the same field that we did, and the difference was that uh, we, they made. Uh, f- fewer mistakes than we did. We had about we had a quarterback that threw, I think it was four or five interceptions. Matter of fact, it was five interceptions, one return for a touchdown. Well, we had six turnovers ourselves, meaning that our defense, we we got fumbles, we got interceptions, and that kept us in the game. But they made just a, f- a, a you know fewer mistakes than we did, and they deserved to go on and play in the Super Bowl, and we deserved to go home. Well, I thought, though, Bobby, and, and I remember that game pretty well. I th- I agree with you, but I think that the one difference is a big key to your offense was the man in the backfield, Free McNeil. Mm-hmm. And, then you know, he was a type of slasher-type runner. And under mm-hmm. those conditions, he basically was not in void. I mean, right. I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't even know if he got more than 40, 50 yards in that game. I mean, he really didn't have a good game at all, and that, that wasn't really his – surface to to run on so so my question is so what do you do do you use the power game like the dolphins did and use crutchfield Dwayne crutchfield who's a great back for us suitable for that type of weather uh we had uh, uh another uh, marion barber who's also a good but running back yep. we had we had the right person we had tight ends like mickey Schuler. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jerome Barkham, who could catch the ball and, instead of trying to go deep to a Wesley or Lamb in that condition. We, I think our game plan was more often the fact that they stopped Freeman. Freeman was also a good inside runner, but he was trying to run. They were trying to run him on sweeps to the outside. So I thought I questioned the game planning of, of our offense at that particular time. I don't think the Dolphins really stopped us. We just didn't have the right game plan to win. Offense. I agree. I agree, totally agree with that. I remember that, and I'm like, man, why are they still trying to run Freeman when, you know, this is just not going to be his surface, you know, the day that he's going to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. It's like that. I mean, sometimes yeah. it's like that, you know. Teams take your guy out, and it happened just to be the turf. They knew that. That's why they didn't mm-hmm. come to the field. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <You know? laughs> but, um but getting back to uh, that, so this kind of lines up, and we'll, we'll get right into the Giants and, and mm-hmm. San Fran. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Giants, we'll go, I guess, cover the Giant game real quick. The Giants uh, did their thing uh, against uh, Green Bay. Did you, and you can be honest now, Bobby, okay, mm-hmm. did, did you think the Giants were going to beat Green Bay? Absolutely. Angry. I'm gonna tell you honestly, absolutely. Come on now, I, I didn't get a I chance to them. talk to you before the I game. I picked them. I picked them. I had a. Oh boy, uh, here we a, go. There was a <laughs> there was a big Giant fan that runs the IT department at Model Sporting Goods, which I work for. He was a huge Giant fan, and when I told him before, I told him on Friday, I said the Giants are gonna win, and I said, and I told him why. I said right. basically, 
their defensive line, they did just phenomenal. They're going to put pressure on on the quarterback from um, Mr. Uh, Discount Double-Check, Aaron Rodgers. Uh-huh. They're going to they're going to they're going to make him uncomfortable in the pocket. I don't think their running game was going to be a factor and it wasn't. No. And I also felt that they didn't have an answer for Hakeem Nicks. I didn't feel that none of their corners could cover him. Uh, they were all, I knew they were going to pay more attention to, to Cruz, which he's earned it, but that's going to put them right back to their strength, which is Hakeem Nix and then the other receiver uh, from Michigan who caught a touchdown in the last game. So they just had too much firepower. And, of course, the, the number one factor was Eli. Eli Manning is an elite quarterback. I, I really like his game. You think and, so? Uh, I mean, oh, it takes a lot I really of heat from the fans in New York. I mean, uh, well, you know, the fans in New York are very, very, uh, what's it, they're knowledgeable, but sometimes they're, they're a little spoiled, <laughs> meaning that, I mean, not the Jet fan, let's say the Giants. The Giants have won three Super Bowls recently. <laughs> you know, the Jets have won one since 69. It's so, a long time. Yeah, so although we've been to the AFC Championship game three times, in the recent history, we've never won. Uh, so the Giants, they've won three of them. So you have to – I don't have a, uh inferiority complex with the Giants. I, I cheer for them when they're not playing the Jets. Uh, they're the New York's team. I'm pulling for them. And obviously we sell more merchandise when the Giants win because they're in our market. <laughs> so I'm pulling for them to win. Uh, we'll, we'll have, obviously, an, a representative from the AFC between the Ravens and New England. They're all in, in our market. When I say our market – I mean, Modell Sporting Goods. So That's we're right. going to have at least one of those two in from the AFC, and then we're hoping the Giants win, so we'll have the other one on the NFC. So it'll be a big uh, payday for us. So we, we'll, we might as well get a prediction for you from you right now. Mm-hmm. You got the Giants playing San Fran. We'll, we'll first get uh, before a prediction. How do you think the game matches up? Uh, I, I think it's 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 you know it's, uh, from what I understand, Vernon Davis prayed for the Giants, so he got him. And uh, they wanted to prove, you know, that game that they played early in the year where they won by seven points out there. Mm-hmm. The Giants really wanted them too, so they could make up for that. And I really, I really believe that the difference is going to be uh, Eli Manning on offense and also that pass rush. I just that pass rush is, is me playing in the secondary. I would love to have played. Well, I did play with the, uh, the sack. I was going to say you played with the played with you the know, sack exchange. Yeah, I played with one like that, so I know how important it is to to the. Uh, you make it makes a a good defensive back great, and it makes a great defensive back phenomenal. So I, I think they're going to help out the the weakness the weaknesses that exist in the, in the secondary, whatever they are. Um, it's going to make them not a weakness because of the strength of the pass rush. Um, and I think Eli Manning will outplay uh, Alex Smith in this particular one. They have more incentive, and they've been there before, so it's not a big deal to go out to San Francisco and win. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I definitely think uh, the Giants probably match up better than any other team because, of, like you said, that defensive front is going to, you know, they're not going to. I think, too, the thing is is that New Orleans is a very gambling type. They're like your current team's scheme as far as defensively. They mm-hmm. blitz a lot. And it's a lot of man-to-man coverage, and a lot of man-to-man coverage. It's it's tough, man. If you don't get right. pressure on him quick enough, he's going to find the guy that's open. Absolutely, and I don't think necessarily when you put pressure on the quarterback that you have to play man behind it. I would believe the opposite that if you play zone behind, uh, when they do these zone blitzes, you see the ball come out and you can react to it a lot better. That's always been my 
philosophy as a defensive back. Uh, if I can see the ball thrown, then I, I have a better chance of reacting the appropriate way as opposed to me running with my back to the ball and depending on the receiver to give me an inc- uh, inclination when the ball is going to come out. Now, you know, it's I, I just think it's just a lot better if you play. Mm-hmm. You know, not be, not the bend but don't break type deal, but be aggressive, but let your defensive backs see the ball and break on it. If you just join us, you listen to the LC and Jack Radio Show. With our guest this evening is uh, uh, Mr. Bobby Jackson, former New York Jet cornerback, and um, we, we thank him for uh, joining us this evening. Bobby, the uh, so the prediction you're obviously predicting the Giants. It's, I'm taking the Giants. You're Absolutely. taking the Giants. Do so you think this is going to be a, uh, a close game, or you think it's going to be, you know, somewhat of a blowout? What, what, what do you think? No, I think it's going to be a close game. Um, uh, you know, it's gonna. I think the Giants will win, probably by ten points. In my opinion, I think wow. they'll win by ten. Ten points, huh? Ten points, a nice yeah. spread. Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't know what the line is on the game, but I think it's definitely gonna be a close game. I think mm-hmm. if the, the, the Giants make sure that they stop their running game, they're gonna be in great shape. But if they right. if they have problems stopping our running game for San Francisco. Mm-hmm. I, I really, I really don't think they have a problem. Stop. Gore's a good back, mm-hmm. but I still don't think he's an elite back. He's a good back, mm-hmm. and the score could be twenty-seven twenty again, but this time Giants favorite. But I, I think they'll win by ten. Oh, okay. So you you're picking the Giants? Yeah, I'm picking the Giants. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, man, I'm. I don't, how much time you got, Bobby? You got a couple more minutes? Yeah, I got a couple more minutes. Yeah. Um. All right, you know what? We'll bring you back on to talk about your 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 uh, former team because mm-hmm. uh, we we could talk all day about all the different moves. So we'll hold that. But why don't you talk a little bit about what you're doing uh, currently and form the listeners what Bobby Jackson's doing today and and uh, if they're interested, how they can reach out to you? Uh, well, I currently work for Model Sporting Goods and Marketing. I've been there going on 14 years and. I work with a lot of uh, local youth organizations, nonprofits in, in the New York region right now, Manhattan, mm-hmm. the Bronx, and some areas up in uh, White Plains, Pelham, New Rochelle. Matter of fact, I'm involved with uh, Ray Rice's school, New Rochelle High School up there, uh, yep. which he, he's a proud alumni of. And we basically do sponsorships and kind of support uh, these youth organizations. Obviously, we focus on baseball right now, spring. So we have a showcase coming up uh, this week, showing the you know the lines of product that we offer, the uh, bulk purchases, and the uniform offering that we're now launching. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's going to be an exciting um, um, you know spring season, and I also do a little little tutoring. I, I, I work with a company called Fo- Football University, where we train the up and coming uh, athletes up tomorrow. I've a- actually had a chance to work with. Um, a young man out of uh, Huntington High School, Jared Thorborn, who's a wide receiver slash TV, who had a great year this year, mm-hmm. made all county. Uh, Evan Cruz, who's a young up and coming defensive back out of Orlando, he's about a seventh, eighth grade. He's one of the best pure non uh, African American corners that I've ever seen. Really? And uh, also a young man that I tutored a little bit, Amir Abdullah, who starred at uh, the University of Nebraska as a true freshman. And played a uh, cornerback for them. So uh, I'm basically trying to this knowledge that I've acquired from some of the great coaches at Florida State and high school, Albany High School in Georgia, right. as well as some of the coaches I had with the Jets. I'm trying to impart some of that knowledge to some of these young men. 
Well, that's that's what it's all about, and that's why I love uh, out there and had a chance to work with you. So it's been great, Bobby, and you're doing some great things for the kids and and these young up and coming athletes. And uh, I just applaud, you know, what, what you what you do. So it's big, and you know, I just wish we had more people out doing what you do on a daily basis to try to make this place a better, I guess, place for me, you, and our children. Well, absolutely. Well, well, Larry, I've seen what you've done, or doing, rather, with your other partner as well. And uh, by the way, how is he, by the way? You're big, you know who I'm talking about. You're big oh, you're talking about Big Kurt. Big Kurt, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you guys, big Kurt, uh, baby. Yeah, you guys do a great job for your, your kids as well. And uh, I, I know that it's not just about athletics alone. Uh, what really makes a, a great athlete, in my opinion, is if they don't get that classroom piece, we'll never see them on the football field. So I always encourage and emphasize doing the best you can in the classroom, mm-hmm. which will equate to being a great athlete on the field, which means that you can also do something in the community to to inspire other people to be like you. And um, that it's you know it comes full circle. So it's not all about um, athletics. It's also about about academics and also about community involvement in a positive way. I agree. Definitely agree about that. So if someone wants to reach out to you in regards to what you're doing, they're looking, I think you do personal training, correct? You do it on a yes, one-on-one obviously on one-on basis. Why don't you give the listeners uh, your contact information, how the, you know, you, they can reach out to you? And well, Yeah, and, the uh, best best way to reach out to me is via my uh, email, which is bojack40 at optonline.net. That's mm-hmm. B-O-J-A-C-K, the number 40, at optonline.net. Just send me an email and and I can uh, get back to you that way. Beautiful. Bobby, it's been a pleasure. I appreciate a few minutes. And um, like I said before, we're going to definitely have you back on and talk about some other things. Uh, we kind of started to get into it, and I was like, wait a minute. We were going to recover the playoffs. But like I said, that's so passionate. Um, you know, I am, uh, you know, just being a sports buff, and this show is really covers not not really sports, but we cover the gamut as far as all different types of topics. So, uh, I figured, you know, I'm into the playoffs, and I was like, you know what, let me let me reach out to you. So I appreciate you jumping on at short notice, and no problem. you know, we look forward to having you on and and getting into though the maybe exposing some of the things out there um, uh, that these youth should be aware of. Uh, they want to be professional athletes, but they need to hear the other side from you know pro all all time pros that did play. You know, you need to hear the good as well as the the other side. Exactly. As well. So uh, I definitely want to do a show on that, and I'll circle back with you, and, you know, perhaps we can get a form or we can get several former players or if there's some current players and uh, do a whole show out of it. Maybe we even take some calls. All right. Well, that would be great, and uh, I appreciate you allowing me to be on on your show and and, uh, giving some of my experiences and also – it would be remiss if I didn't say happy birthday to the greatest of all time, Muhammad yes. Ali. Yes, it is. Yes, he is. So uh, thanks again, Bobby, for coming on, and we look to talk to you real soon. All right. Thanks, Larry. Take it easy. Bye-bye. Well, if you just joined us, we uh, had on Bobby Jackson, former NFL cornerback for the New York Jets. What a great interview. Great time with Bobby. I tell you, um, just some uh, great things going on in NFL as far as the matchups coming up for this upcoming week. So I know those Jeff fans out there, hey, I did you a solid. I bought you one of your all-time 
greatest defensive players ever. Okay, he's not the he's not the Mark Gastineau, but he was one of the cornerbacks out there that was covering those receivers down there. So Mark Gastineau and those guys can make those sacks. So big up to Bobby Jackson being on the LC and Jack radio show. And uh, we're going to give a big up to you as well. We thank you for uh, joining us again this evening for another fun show. And uh, join us again soon. Well, well, I'll say next week. I actually have some shows, a lot of shows lined up. And my partner in crime, Brett, where you at, man? But uh, anyway, um, until next week, good night.